All right, welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. This is Stuart Anderson. The Mentor of the Month podcast has been around since the very beginning of the Crown Council's history. This is our opportunity to copy genius from those inside and outside the dental industry. Uh, I just finished an interview with Laura Heck, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified by the Gottman Institute. She's a certified Gottman therapist and works out of a private practice in Salt Lake City. Her name may be familiar because she's joined us twice at the Crown Council annual event. Uh, One time she worked with us at our Crown Conversations, or those little 20-minute talks, and then she came back the next year and did a Thursday training for teams. That was in Nashville just a year and a half ago. So uh, we are familiar with Laura. She is a great friend of the Crown Council. Uh, I've I've kept in touch with Laura through her podcast that she runs. Um, It is an awesome podcast called Marriage Therapy Radio, where her and her partner uh, spend time talking about just short little episodes about how to improve a marriage. Uh, I listen to it every week. They do a podcast about every week. So that's where this topic comes from that we spend about 30 minutes going over. It's emotional intelligence is the topic of this podcast. We talk about what it is how it relates to dentists and team members in the workplace. What does it mean to be emotionally intelligent? And then most importantly, I think, is Laura gives some great tips on how to be emotionally intelligent. So what can we start doing today? Little tricks and tips on how to gain more emotional intelligence. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, We have a lot of fun. We actually sit across from each other at a table for this podcast, which is fun. Normally I'm uh, doing this over Uh, the internet with someone else so it was fun to be in the same room together so hopefully you enjoy Laura and uh, you can connect with her in any way I'll leave her contact information uh, with this podcast and on the Crown Council website so thanks Laura and uh, enjoy okay I'm ready you ready I'm ready okay welcome to the uh oh I'm supposed to smile yeah obviously because they can hear it dude you should do two different ones welcome to the Crown Council's mentor of the month podcast that was not smiling. <laughs> okay, here I am smiling. Welcome to the Crown Council's Mentor of the Month podcast. Stuart Anderson here. I'm here with Laura Hecht. Heck. Laura Heck. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Oh, yeah. We have a doctor. His name is Fred Hecht. So I can't mix the names H-E-C-T? up. H-E-C-T? Hecht. H-E-T-C-H. T-C- no, it's not Hecht. Hecht. It's Heck. Heck. Laura yeah. Heck. Yeah. You might know or remember Laura from the annual event. I have it written down here somewhere. <laughs> she joined us. There it is. Laura's joined us for two annual event gatherings. The first was when we did our Crown Conversations, Crown Council TED Talks. Yeah. And it went so well. Super well. That you came back for a full-blown Thursday team training program. At so the fun. Annual event. It was a lot of fun. In Nashville. Nashville. Yep. So uh, she's back. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking today about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got this subject was um, Laura has her own podcast that I, I listen to, and it's good. Well, I think it's good. I love that you listen to it. Thank you so much for <laughs> continuing to listen to it. <laughs> and it was good. And I thought, I actually thought at the end of the podcast about emotional intelligence, I'm like, this, ha- this can't be the end of this conversation like it ha- there has to be more there has to be like a crown conversation around it yes yeah so i called laura <laughs> and she agreed and so she's coming today to talk about emotional intelligence what it is and then more importantly how we can develop 
emotional yeah. intelligence in the workplace. Yep. I want to frame this just a little bit. Uh, this is a quote I read about emotional intelligence from, would, would we call Daniel Goleman the godfather? I would, okay. for sure. He's the one who coined the term emotional, emotional intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Okay, he says, he says that um, if your emotional abilities aren't in hand, if you don't have self-awareness, if you're not able to manage your distressing emotions, if you can't have empathy and have effective relationships, then no matter how smart you are, you're not gonna get very far. I love that because I am surrounded by a lot of smart people, but in reality, using this emotional intelligence is really what, I mean, Yeah. this is what matters, this is what sets it off. It is, I, I, think, of, I think of emotional intelligence as social lubricant if you will. Okay. It's it's really what takes your IQ to the next level because IQ and EQ are very different. So when we talk about emotional intelligence, we might use the terminology EQ, which is, we're not talking about your IQ, about how intelligent you are. But if you're intelligent, that's great. Um, but just because you're smart doesn't mean you're also going to be emotionally intelligent. And the opposite is true. You can be emotionally intelligent and be dumb as bricks. So <laughs> um, it's really about taking something that you do have the ability to change and you can change your emotional intelligence, which a lot of people, um, I think, oftentimes just sort of feel stuck. And my goal is to help people understand how important emotional intelligence is and how to improve it. And I would say, uh, hopefully today we will be able to connect emotional intelligence to the workplace mm -hmm. as well. Like, I mean, because I see this happening in my family, so how I connect with my wife's emotions, mm -hmm. my, especially my kids' emotions, training them to have, um, to be self-motivators, mm -hmm. to understand self-control. Like, that is not, this is how you effectively don't lose your mind right. when I can't give you an iPad. Right. Like, how do we control... But also in the workplace, like doctors and team members um, communicating with each other, recognizing a team member that might not be like Gavin the best mm -hmm. day or uh, the doc. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways that these docs uh, and team members in Crown Council can, I think, can use this skill. 100%. Because this is a skill. It's, it is a skill, and some people would refer to this as a soft skill. So it's not one of those skills that you can go out and get a certificate in and say, you know what, I'm a project manager. That's what I did, and that would be a hard skill that you can sell. But what we know is that emotional intelligence really is a hard skill. It's one of those skills, in fact, that they're saying is going to be in 2020 one of the top 10 most hireable skills. And you can tell when somebody is emotionally intelligent just by spending time with them. It's how they're connecting with you. It's how they're managing their stress levels. When you have a successful human being in life, my guess is it's because they understand their emotions, they understand the emotions of others, and they're managing their relationships appropriately, which would mean that they have a good emotional intelligence level. Yeah. And would you say that, and we'll probably get to it, but um, is emotional intelligence developed, like how is it, how does a person do this? Well, you mentioned something that's really important, which is children is the best place to start. And one of the best places to do it is to start teaching children how to identify their emotions. Daniel Tiger, I don't know if you're familiar. Daniel Tiger. Is one of the very, which is a spinoff of, um, what's his name? Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, that's right is one of the best ways for children to start to learn emotions. And I use this, and if you don't have children, and if you've never had children, don't stop listening because it's still important. We all need to learn how to identify our emotions early on. That's the self-awareness piece of recognizing 
what is this? Just getting really curious. What is happening right now? I'm obviously through the roof. I, my face is hot. My, my body is tingling. What <laughs> is happening? And what might be happening is that you're embarrassed. And rather than being embarrassed, you're embarrassed on the inside. Maybe you made an error. Maybe you said something that you shouldn't have said. Um, so you're embarrassed on the inside, but what comes out is anger because that's most often, if you think about um, an iceberg, there are some pretty primary simple emotions that are at the tip of the iceberg, but underneath the water is really where we become more emotionally intelligent. We're able to identify those deeper, more complex emotions. And that's really where we want to help teach children at the very early age is what are you feeling right now? Well, I'm frustrated. Why are you frustrated? Because I want to do this. Okay, so you want some independence. Okay, so you're, and you just like help walk children through what are they feeling. Right. But on the outside, a kid just might be standing there throwing a tantrum. So you help them to identify and get curious about what's really going on. Same thing for adults, but that's where you start is with kids. I love that. Yeah. I, I read a thing about how um, I'm never, if my kid says, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. That the proper response isn't, well, you just took a nap. You shouldn't be tired. Uh huh. It's tell me why you feel that way. Yeah. Helping them understand, like, okay, maybe you really do feel tired. Totally. Rather than like, listen, kid. Yeah. You sort of dismissing them. You don't know about <laughs> tired. Let I'm me your tell father. You tired. Yeah. That's good. Um, should we go through these then? The four elements of not like we have to. Yeah. Yeah. So you already talked about self-awareness. That there was. Because I love this part of the book uh, that Goleman wrote is mm-hmm. these elements of emotional, emotional intelligence. Wait, what are we supposed to call it? EQ. EQ or emotional intelligence. Okay. okay. My EQ. So there's there's four key elements. The first one is starts with you, and you can think about breaking emotional intelligence up into self and others. So the first one is self awareness, and that's just the ability to understand your own emotional state. A lot of people would overestimate their ability to be self-aware. They would say, I know perfectly well that, you know, I'm stressed out right now. Well, you might not actually be stressed out. You might just be getting a lack of sleep. And so being self-aware and being able to properly um, identify your emotions and the more textured ones as well. I think we all can kind of identify those, the ones that the emotions at the tip of the iceberg, I'm making this like triangle with my fingertips, which you can't see, (laughs) but most people are able to identify the obvious emotions. It's the more complex ones that I'm interested in, in individuals learning to develop. The other part is the self-management. And, um, and I think that this is the piece that most people can identify as bad behaviors. So self-management would be you're stressed out at work. Um, you've had a bad day. You got a really bad night's rest. Uh, you're hangry. You haven't eaten for a while and everything is at the surface and you start lashing out at people. You're frustrated with them. You have a short temper, a short fuse. Um, and you don't give people the benefit of the doubt. You're less kind. That's a, that's a symptom of bad self-management. So self-management would be something along the lines of, okay, got a bad night's rest what am I gonna do now like recognizing and being able to monitor your own emotions got it. other awareness is being able to pick up on the emotions of other people and this I suspect is where maybe the listeners may be having a tough time yeah. and I think that we are transitioning as human beings in the workplace where we used to basically draw a very clear line between cognitive and emotions meaning that 
the workplace is not a place where you comfort other people. It's a place where you turn off your emotions. It's a place where if you, um, let's say you spent the entire night up with a sick kid and you're tired and you just got news that, you know, your family dog just died and you come to work and you're sad and you're crying. Right. The old school of thought is that you turn those emotions off, that you don't show those emotions. The new school of thought, and what I truly believe, is that we are holistic human beings. There's a lot of things to us. We're very um, diverse and textured, and in order to fully connect with people, we need to connect with their emotions. And so you should be able to show those emotions. Um, So other awareness would be me recognizing and picking up on the fact that you're sad or you're tired and saying, you know, it looks like you look a little, you look a little tired. You look a little sad. What's going on? And just being able to recognize emotions in other people, especially as the leader, like the boss of the, of the space. Yeah. So the old one is you just ignore it. You turn it off. You connect with people cognitively. You don't connect with them emotionally. I don't want people to turn those emotions off. I want them to lean in and get curious about the emotions of other people. It helps you to empathize. It helps you to connect. And that is part of emotional intelligence. That's social lubricant. Definitely. And especially like in a dental office, like connecting with people is number one. Yeah. Like, although we think teeth, 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 mm-hmm. this is all about the connection. Not only like the the patients can see the connection between a doctor and a team member. Right. Very obvious yeah. how they're treating each other. Exactly. And then assuming like, well, I'm going to be treated that same way. Yeah. And so um, either that's a, a good thing that people see or a bad thing. But, yeah, it really is. I think, of, I think of workplaces a lot like a family and how you connect with people. And, um, and being a part of a family is being a part of the emotions too. And we live life, and just because you enter an office doesn't mean you turn life off. So it's important to be able to connect with people and recognize that they have emotions and that there's something going on. It's part of reading and empathizing and understanding somebody's point of view. Man, yeah. this is good. Good. Well, this is good. I mean, because I uh, I read Goldman's book, or not not all of it, but he talks about how in school, kids are just drilled, like, learn this, learn this, learn mm-hmm. this. And he believes that the change should be happening where emotional intelligence is being taught it's actually being taught Mm -hmm. to children like at school Mm -hmm. because it's like it it, in my opinion that's why you're here it's just as important i mean you can be as smart as you want and dude people are gonna be like yeah it's so true (laughs) no thanks it's about who you know so we know now that resumes are not what get people hired resumes are oftentimes it's not even what gets you in the door it's the connections that will get you hired but you know within the first three minutes whether or not you want to hire somebody based on how they connect with you and how they show up and what their presence is like and all of that is emotional intelligence um so it's, it's interesting learning in schools they now have i saw Facebook is an incredible thing, I just have to say. I see things that I don't necessarily need to see, and then there's other things that I stumble upon, I'm happy to see it. And one thing that I stumbled on is they're taking detention, and rather than having children come after school and do detention, where they're just doing their homework, they're teaching them to meditate and to be mindful. And that's a part of teaching children social um, awareness and how to meditate and how to be mindful of their own emotions and uh, that right there I, I feel like the school system's figuring it out that is smart. isn't that cool very cool yeah 
Okay, so the fourth one, so oh, yeah. I don't want to miss Sorry. the fourth one, is relationship management. So you have your two, your first two, which is self-awareness and then self-management. Then you have other awareness, and now you are managing your relationships. And this is the interesting piece that's more geared toward leaders, but it's basically the interpersonal skills that you have that help people to connect with you, to believe in you, to believe in the message, to want to be led by you. And that's what a lot of leadership skills are based on. Yeah, and that is, that's like a lot of the take home. I mean, those are the things you can really train, right? I mean, yeah. really train on these. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. When I was doing research on this, it was interesting. Everybody kept pointing back to, um, is it Daniel Carnegie? Carnegie. Uh-huh. That's his first and last name. So Daniel Carnegie. If everyone's saying that Goldman is the Godfather, Daniel Carnegie is is the Almighty Father. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, look. Carnegie quote. Oh, right there. So yeah. Daniel Carnegie's book came out, I almost, I went thinking like the 30s and 40s, but it basically yeah. all is all around, around relationship management of smiling and asking people about their day and um, those skills that you can develop that help people to feel connected to you. Good. Yeah. Yeah, He because he's the one that wrote um, a, lot of, a lot of the books that our dentists learn um, that Steve Anderson teaches at our TOPS program. Mm-hmm. Some, a lot of them come from Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, yes. Uh-huh. Um, specifically the one that talks about how people don't buy on logic. They they make decisions on emotion. On emotion. And gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. So. That's very cool. Uh, can we talk about the, the next little program? Uh, why emotional intelligence matters in the workplace? Mm. Well, I first of all, I would say think about people you've worked with so I'll just play this with you I want you to think about some of the best teams that you've ever worked on and I want you to think about a situation or a team that you worked with where there was an obvious mm, black sheep someone that didn't fit in something that didn't click and I think about a team that I worked in um, when I was working at the Gottman Institute there were a few people that stood out, and the reason why they stood out is that their emotional intelligence was very low, and um, and they no longer work at the Gottman Institute. Mm. But the reasoning behind why we knew that this didn't work is that there was a closedness. So in really healthy teams, there's a lot of sharing, and there's a lot of collabor- collaboration, and there's a lot of feedback. There's a lot of feedback loops saying that this works, this doesn't work, and you're constantly just working and collaborating as a team. But if you're not working well within a team, my guess is that there's somebody in the team that probably has a low Hmm. emotional intelligence. And um, it's really important to have people in team situations where everybody is able to work and collaborate together. Part of that is being able to jive with one another and read the social cues and to empathize and to be open and flexible. So that's one important reason why emotional intelligence is important. We already talked about it being one of the top 10 job skills that, you know, aside from going to school and and checking that that box, having that be a skill is an obvious one. Um, It's what keeps people in the workplace. You might get hired off of nepotism or you might get hired in, but it's what will keep you there and what will push you forward. So if you want to excel, I was telling you a little bit about the bell curve. Yeah that there's a bell curve that's created in the workplace for emotional intelligence that when you first enter the workplace in an entry-level position, generally it's lower EQ. 
but what will excel you through management and into middle management is high EQ. And what I'm hoping will happen is that we will continue to grow and develop those skills so that the CEO types will be high in EQ as well, which is not currently the trend. Which is not happening. Not happening. Yeah. Uh -uh. (laughs) Yeah. So that's an important piece. But um, one of the things that I think is most important is that when you have high EQ, you're better able to manage stress. And if you know anything, if you've been listening... Your own stress. Your own stress. Well, if you can manage your own stress, you can then manage the stress around you. And it's sort of like being the calm in the, in the storm. So being able to have high EQ will allow you to manage your own stress levels, which will then allow you to manage the stress and chaos of a workplace. And you're talking about me being stressful and recognizing, okay, this could be sleep, this could be travel, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. could be stuff at home. So recognizing where the stress is. Where it's coming from. Not that then, I'm just angry. Right. And then what you can do then. So oftentimes people will just live in this stress bubble yeah. and then it affects everybody else around them. And like, I'm just stressed. This yeah. is me. Right. No, but that's not okay, right? right? So in for people who have a high level of EQ, they recognize their stress and then they do what they can to bring that stress level down. So in the moment, it might mean that for your lunch break, you need to get the heck out of the office and take a 45 minute walk. And that will help to minimize your stress when you come back in the office. Um, so stress, I think, is a really important piece. And I think everybody kind of recognizes that they have it. They've seen it in the office. And they recognize the chaos that it can yeah. ensue. And at home. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a grumpy dad. Totally. No. no don't. If you know it, then, mm-hmm. yeah. Then take the, the measures that you can to reduce your stress. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I talked a little bit about trust and cohesiveness, that when you have high EQ, the trust and cohesiveness of teams is better. Um, so that's really important. Basically, I mean, I think that the underlying factor is if, if you want to work in a good, healthy place, if you want to have healthy communication with your um, coworkers, family, friends, you really need to develop your EQ. Just be aware of it. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Hmm. Okay, so this is where you're old podcast kind of ended okay and it left me at this cliffhanger which Uh-oh. was like well now what <laughs> now what do i do okay well now that i know that i'm failing <laughs> exactly how do i succeed <laughs> how do i win so lars brought some um thoughts on um how to improve or even things that we can work on like as soon as this ends stuff that we can go do mm-hmm. now to kind of work on these and they're not i wouldn't call these they're not hard. No. This or is expensive. simple stuff. Yeah, it is. So let's do it. Um, so I'll just stop, start with the first one. So we know that there's sort of four, four areas of emotional intelligence. The first one being self-awareness. And my favorite, I have several. Uh, do you have a blog where you post some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So I might not go through all of these because I have um, probably three or four suggestions for each area. But the first one is to ask for feedback. So in the workplace... I think it's really healthy to find a peer, not somebody that is going to be above you, not somebody that's going to be below you, but somebody who's going to be a peer. And I want for you to just really be open and honest with them and let them know that you have some blind spots that you would like for them to point out. So you have to be ready to have somebody, mm. don't get defensive, right? but have them point out like, hey, grumps, 
Like you need to pick yourself up because our patients don't like it. I don't like it. And you need to put a smile on your face just for the next 30 minutes. Sounds easy. Yeah. Not, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Really, I mean. Do you have somebody in the workplace? Here? No. That's, okay. Who, I'm curious who your peer, your peer would be that would. I don't know. Point out your blind spots. It is a good question because we, we often talk about having a coach or a mentor mm-hmm. or at least someone that you're accountable to. Yeah. I mean, I would say my wife is the one that does this. Right. I don't know if I have someone in the workplace that would be like, listen, man. I think it's helpful. And yeah. to just pull them aside, have a lunch, talk about huh. what you're aware of. Say, you know what? I'm aware that I can get into some funky moods and or I'm aware that I can snap or I'm aware that of this is there anything else that i should be aware of so they're gonna say you know what man i don't think you realize but this you say some things and they're kind of biting or they're a little hurtful at times whatever it might be um and then you have this agreement that you are going to allow them to give you feedback at any point so that you can recognize your blind spots i love it so it's going to help you be self-aware so that's the first one um so I kind of combine the first one. You're going to ask for feedback and you're going to get a peer coach. The second one is I think it's good to just understand your baseline EQ. And there's a lot of places that you can take an EQ test. I would go to the Godfather. <laughs> I would just go and um, go to danielgoldman.com and uh, you'll have to pay for the EQ. There's a lot of free EQ tests out there, but I cannot, um, I don't know the validity of them. Okay. So I would go to the Godfather. Okay. Okay. Uh, Wait, what is that like? What is it asking? What are these tests like? So it's a lot of, it's it's question and answer. So it's a lot of like A, B, C, D. How do you do this? How do you do that? And interestingly, I don't think I've ever taken an EQ test. Huh. It's a part of tests that I give couples when they come to see me. It's a small part of it to recognize their emotional intelligence, but it's I've never taken an entire EQ test. I'm wondering if it's stuff like... Um, when I'm angry, I do probably A, B, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I'm assuming it would be very similar to that. I'll find out in about a half an hour. You're going to take it? take one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get to be your peer coach. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay so those are um, the, probably the last one of self-awareness is to just learn from your past mistakes, your past failures. And that would be just taking a look at when you had something that you were disappointed and going back and trying to figure out why why that might have been the case and what you played into it and just understanding that really it's more about that self-awareness that you can talk to your peer coach and say i'm aware that i'm not great when it comes to this or i just don't recognize it whatever it might be that's good that's good for like a journal i think journaling is incredible not everybody are journalers actually i would say that the the maybe 10 15 20 percent of people enjoy journaling so are you a journaler? I am. Are you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just journaling like biking stuff, no, are you? No, no. Okay, I, all it's right. It's an actual journal of, of emotions all of your emotions and, and feelings. Okay. That's, okay, here I'm it. impressed. I'm out. <laughs> I feel like Crown you just like, admitted a very <laughs> intimate detail about yourself. <laughs> Do you use like stickers and stamps? And I stuff? do. Awesome. Lots of them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I'm embarrassed, do. Okay. Um, so the second part, self-management. Um, so this one I think is probably my my favorite is one just learning how to be mindful. It's it's kind of woo woo for some people, mm-hmm. but I think that everybody would benefit from taking um, a class in mindfulness. 
taking a weekend out of their out of their life to learn mindfulness practice. There's a lot of resources in your communities, but one tip that I have is there is an app and a website. It's called Headspace. And Headspace is an app where you can put your headphones in and you can go for a walk and you can practice their guided meditation. And they're really short and they're intended for people in the business place. So there is a lot of large companies on a big scale. So Mm. imagine companies like Zappos and Google and Amazon that are tapping into this idea of Headspace and allowing their co-workers to take and and their partners to take these mental health breaks throughout the day to practice mindfulness and and it leads you through what like breathing or breathing guided meditation it changes your physiology through your mind so if you find yourself in a stressful place or you need to really just re-energize i i would highly recommend that people learn self-management practice through mindfulness and meditation very cool yeah good suggestion thanks Um, I think another one is just having a game plan for when you have what I call boil over moments, when you are your less than wonderful self and just what the plan is if you're going to take a walk. I think that breathing and walking exercise in general are two of the most helpful, um, but just having a plan in place that when you, when you hit your limit, you, you know what you're going to do. When my heart rate goes above 120. Uh-huh. Is it 120? Because it's usually 100, but you're an athlete. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stu needs to take a walk right now. <laughs> um, okay, so let me give you a couple of other tips. This okay. is on the other. So this is when you're becoming aware of other people's emotions. And I love this. I don't know if you've ever heard of thick presence. Mm-mm. I'm about to blow your okay, mind. Okay? okay. So this idea of thick presence just recently came out um, in the last couple of years. I have really grabbed onto it. And I think that it's incredible when it comes to understanding and knowing the people that you're working with and developing empathy. And I think of empathy as being like the almighty golden tool that we all should have in our back pocket. But imagine having weekly meetings. Do you have weekly meetings? Mm-hmm. How long do they go for? 30 minutes. Okay. An hour. Okay. Um, my husband has these weekly meetings that run for two hours. Every, every week they meet on a Monday and, and they meet for two hours. Thick presence over thin presence would be you're going to swap out your weekly meeting yeah. for one monthly meeting. Hmm. You're like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. So the idea is basically you take a two-hour weekly meeting and now you have a one, one meeting every month that you're meeting for an entire day. Um. And it's almost as if you're trapped in an elevator with your team. You can't help but understand and know people when you're trapped in an elevator. Same thing goes for this thick presence. It might sound miserable, but rather than meeting for these weekly meetings, you go for a hike and you're gone for the entire day and you're with that person. And your daily conversation, your task list, you get through it, but you also get to know that person on a more human level. You like it. Yes. Thick presence blew my mind, and that's Thick why I'm trying presence. to like spread it around. This is good. Okay. So the idea is that you're getting to know people on a more personal level because you're spending more quality time with them rather than spread out thinly, thinly sliced meetings. Very cool. Um, we call you, we call this in Crown Council the camping experience. Camping experience. You get to know people really well when yeah. they're walking off with their shovel and their yeah. bag, right? If it's terrible or if it's good. You know it. You still it's camping. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is cool. Okay. So the social awareness piece, when you are swapping out thin presence for thick presence, you're getting to know people, and you can't help 
but understand their point of view. Mm-hmm. That if I have spent an entire day with you, I can't help but know pieces of you in your life that would help me to connect with you in a better, in a better way. And one of the things, I mean, my husband has come to me and said, I'm struggling with this person at work, and my suggestion is always spend more time with them. The natural tendency is to avoid somebody that you're struggling with. Hmm. Instead, you need to get trapped in an elevator with that person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm such a helpful Mm -hmm. wife, aren't I? (laughs) Okay, so um, thank you. And so time management-wise, you're saying let's let's not do our six hours of meetings over the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do six hours together. Right. We're just going to get trapped. Or, you know, another one is the idea of what's called a people collision. And it's basically you're removing any actual physical boundaries that keep people apart. So a people collision would be, you know, I I know we all have separate offices, but I want you all to just bring your laptop to to this room. We're going to spend the entire day in this room. And so rather than sending an email to Greg, you're going to actually say... Hey, I had something I wanted to talk to you about. Right. Um, and these people collisions allow for a natural exchange of ideas and connecting with people. I love it. On a more personal level. So good. Thank you. That's awesome. So the last one is relationship management. And um, I'm going to recommend that everybody, have you seen this TED Talk? Oh, yeah. Start with why? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've tried to get Simon to come to the annual event, but yeah. he costs like a lot. A lot of money. And he, uh, he does. T- he, I'm, I'm just going to hold my tongue, but he does cost a lot of money. He does. <laughs> and his start with why um, is the best best talk. I don't think you need to necessarily read the book to understand it. I think that that 12-minute talk is just as powerful as reading the entire book. For sure. But um, in order to be able to manage relationships around you and, and be a good leader, <clears throat> I think you first need to understand your why and understand your personal values and beliefs. And... I would recommend that everybody watch the TED Talk, understand why that's so important, and that would be the first one. Okay, so it's called Start With Your Why. Yeah. And it's on YouTube. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably like one of the most watched it totally TED is. Talks yeah. ever. So. And it's a very simple concept, but if you want people to follow you, trust in your leadership, trust in you, you first need to understand what you stand for, and that's what that's all about. Very cool. The second part is an attitude of gratitude. and. Gratitude is probably one of those big, hot topics right now, and it's really about scanning your environment for the things that are going right and then making a habit of giving praise to folks around you. Um, And I recommend this actually for personal relationships. It's probably something I mentioned in the past talks that I've done for Crown Council is you really need to be consciously looking for things that are going right in your world and that people are doing well around you and giving them verbal praise as to why you're so grateful for them. And just having that attitude of gratitude can change who you are as a human being um, and people will take notice as a leader when you're when you are constantly stroking others. Very good. Yeah. And then my last recommendation is conflict management. Everybody needs to understand and know um, good conflict management skills. And I would say just take a class, just one class. Spend, Spend a Saturday learning somebody's blueprint of how to manage conflict and learn it inside and out. I have my own conflict management blueprint that I have learned as a couples therapist that I teach to all the couples that I work with. I think it would work well for anybody. Um, But just having that be a no-brainer 
it's the first thing that I go to. I know how to manage conflict. I would do it with my husband. I would I would do it with you, uh, the conflict management piece. <laughs> so um, I think everybody needs to know know the skills. Very good. That's it. Those are my tips. They're good tips. Thank this is you. good. I mean, um, as as a review, if you if you're looking for a book, Emotional Intelligence Godfather is uh, Daniel Goleman, mm-hmm. and he's on Audible. That's where I'm. That's where you're saying, listening but to I, it. But I think I'm gonna have to buy it. So. So you can highlight it. I have to write highlight. It. Uh, mm-hmm. Circle. Good. Copy. <laughs> okay, yeah. So. But um, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post all this. Great. Right. Is that okay? That's to, fine with me. And then we'll uh, people can kind of look. Um, on the Crown Council website, where to go and what to look at for these tips and ideas for um, improving EQ. EQ, that's right. That's what the insiders say. When you know what you're talking about, you call it EQ. Tell me about EQ uh, 2.0, though. You didn't love that. (laughs) I felt bad. So he was listening to my podcast, and we were talking about emotional intelligence, and I came out of the gates basically saying, oh, yeah, I just read Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It was awful. It was the next book, and it it was written by a different gentleman, and it basically was just like a recap, but super speed. Um, and I was so bummed out about it. But you know what I do like, and, and a tip that I recommend is if you want to develop your emotional intelligence, I recommend following either Daniel Goleman or um, Travis Bradley, I believe his name is, who wrote 2.0 version on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn because they're constantly pushing out new content. And okay. it's just a, it's a reminder and a tickler that EQ really is a skill that you can develop, but you do have to keep your eyes and ears on it, and you have to be aware and just continue building your self-development by reading new content that comes I out. I agree. Very good. Good. Okay, our own personal EQ godfather. Thank you. Oh, am I that? I don't know. What do we call it? Godmother? I yeah, I'll know. be the godmother. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll be the, the cousin. How about that? Very good. That's good. <laughs> But thank you. You're welcome for joining us. This was really good. I think I think there might even be more to come here from this topic. So. We shall see. Thanks for having me. Thank you.